When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's time for our regular Monday show with myself, Andrew Musgrove, and our Newcastle United editor, Aaron Stokes. We're live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and later on our podcast channel. If you're watching on our YouTube channel, do hit that subscribe button. If you're listening later on the podcast channel, please remember to like and leave us a rating and review. If you're watching live, get into the comments and give Aaron the best question possible on Newcastle United. Unfortunately, Aaron, we come into this show on the back of yet another draw in the Premier League for Newcastle United. Now, four out of five. But, you know, West Ham, fall they are doing quite poorly in the league this season. Still a decent team. Still players that can hurt the best of the teams in the Premier League. After a few days' reflection, how are you taking that point? It's not the worst point in the world, is it? No, I don't think it is. I think it was a fair result. Um, I think West Ham, you know, for large swathes of the game, were probably the better side. I think Newcastle really lost, you know, the grip of the game after they, they took the lead. I think for periods of the second half, they were a bit slow to start. But a, a draw was probably a fair result. I think on paper, yes, you know, it, it is a little bit worrying that they are picking up all these draws that were maybe matched a bit, you know, being sandwiched in between the cup wins. Um, but look, they're still unbeaten. Um, they never really looked like they were gonna, you know, lose it or throw it away on Saturday. Um, I think, you know, obviously with Spurs winning, though, it's just important that they, you know, they start picking up wins against who you are than later. Yeah, but as as much as they did not like losing the game, did they really ever look like winning the game? I know Cal Wilson had the opportunity to, to grab a second of the game. Fantastic uh, late in, in, in tackle by the defender, but. Other than that, did Newcastle really look like they were going to pick up the win? I think there was moments in the second half, there was flashes. I think Wilson's header at Fabianski was a big chance. Gordon, obviously, um, nearly got in on the act before. Good block from Bowen. I think Newcastle did have their chances that on another day they maybe would have taken. Um, I did think there was a lot of positives to take from it, and I think that is Callum Wilson. You know, I said on the show last week that I thought he looked a lot sharper. Um, and I thought again, he you know he looked like he was back just close to his old self. Um, obviously, we'll talk about Anthony Gordon later in the show, but obviously, much has been made of his um, impressive cameo. And I think yes, they struggled without Bruno, but Joe Linton had a really good game up against you know one of the toughest opponents in the league. Um, and the defence again was very good despite sort of switching off. So there is positives there. It's not all doom and gloom, you know. As I say, they're still unbeaten. Um, West Ham were. You know, put in a very good show for a lot of that game, um, but you just got to hope that you know they can sort of get this this run back on track when they go to Bournemouth later this week. Mm. I have actually got a list of positives written down, but just given the fact that Newcastle are chasing top four football, and are there on on merit, when you do look at West Ham, despite the nice plaudits I have given them at the start of the show, do you have to be if you are wanting top four football? beating the likes of West Ham, who'd only won two in the last 10, who hadn't won in eight games on the road. Was that not a game that if you are wanting to qualify for the Champions League, 
you have to really be looking to win? Maybe yes, but and in a couple of years when Newcastle continue to grow and, and get bigger, um, it certainly will be. But I think look, this time last season Newcastle was shipping four at home to West Ham. You know, miracles aren't going to happen overnight. They're still, as I keep saying, they're still a mid-table team. Really, when you look at that squad, when you think of the fact that you know their last recorded position was eleven, so there's there's obviously reasons to be disappointed. Obviously, it is looking a little bit stale in attack at times, but I think on the whole, the game felt a bit flat. And I think that's why the re- the response has been probably more negative than positive. It did seem a little bit flat after the game disappointment and really that the view from the pool I was talking to that it was two points dropped but as you say you know it wasn't too long ago Newcastle were losing uh, to West Ham by quite the margin and and I guess the bigger picture is it's a reminder of, of where Newcastle United are in terms of how quickly they've progressed well ahead of schedule um, and you know you can't win you can't win every game, and it is also a note just how well they've done in the last 12 months. Yeah, definitely. Look, they're sort of becoming victims of their own success because, you know, in these last four draws, one of them will go to West Ham. You've had a weird Arsenal, yes, maybe Leeds, you could say they should have won. Um, but these type of results last season would have been fantastic results that would be applauded, whereas now, obviously, the pressure is really on for them to, you know, keep up this march of the top four. Spurs are obviously breathing down the necks again um, but look not too much to be worried about by me the fact they're still grinding out these results can only be seen as a positive for myself um, so yeah it was interesting to see because I obviously they, they took the lead so early the atmosphere was buzzing the first couple of minutes the atmosphere was buzzing for the game I, I can't really understand what happened after that because it went so flat so quickly was it fans rest on the laurels was it the fact that Newcastle just couldn't kick on it was just so weird to see how the atmosphere just changed in a, in a second. Really, is it is it some plot to to West Ham because they came to frustrate Newcastle? And yes, they conceded two early goals, and no one was course ruled ruled out. But is it a case that we give praise to West Ham because they had the tactics spot on? They frustrated Newcastle. They made Newcastle bring the game to them, which you know not many teams have done this season. And, and I think it's something that we've all expected. And Eddie Howe mentioned it in his post match. Comments are kind of, he said it's a kind of a second look now. They know what to kind of expect off this Newcastle. I think everyone's kind of predicted at some point in the season, Newcastle were going to have to change the way they approach games. Teams aren't going to just come at them anymore because they know that when Newcastle absorb the pressure and hit teams on the counter, few teams are better than them this season in the Premier League. Are we starting to see that now with the opposition? Newcastle are going to have to try and be that dominating side Saturday didn't work too well. Yeah, potentially. I think I think there is a little bit of maybe clubs figuring Newcastle United out. Um, Eddie Howe has sort of got a little bit of a luxury now in the sense that he can, you know, finally call on Isaac, Maxi, Wilson, Mickey, Gordon now. You've got to hope with those five that they're going to be able to find a way to start unlocking defences again as they did at the start of the season. But just going back to Saturday's game, I think West Ham deserve credit because really after the first five minutes, you know, I thought it was going to be a repeat of Leicester on Boxing Day. I thought Newcastle were just going to blow them out of the water. How poor West Ham started that game. Um, so they do deserve credit. I thought I thought they were really good for large parts of the game. Declan Rice was just absolutely fantastic for, from minute one. Um, 
Nayef Agurd, you know, the defender who made that Wilson tackle, you know, didn't lose anything in the air all game. So they do deserve praise, but Newcastle really should have kicked on from that early, you know, positive start. Yeah, we've got uh, Key here saying it looked to me like we tried to lure West Ham forward, try and catch them on the counter, uh, at least between the equaliser and half time. And I think that is kind of what happened. It just didn't quite work. Like I say, I think West Ham got it spot on. John says, I thought at times we looked leggy, understandable after Tuesday. Do you think we should be starting to freshen things up? And this is the interesting point because he brings Anthony Gordon on, who I thought looked really sharp, really energetic. He did more in that cameo than Anson Maximum did all game. And we're going to talk about Anson Maximum later on the show because it's a big discussion point amongst the fans on social media. Brings Elliot Anderson on. Yeah. And you look at it though, where else can he freshen? Because there was no ease act because of the head injury. Do we go back to what happened in the transfer market and have Newcastle left themselves short to freshen it up? Or do they have enough on the bench to freshen it up and get themselves over the line for top four football? I don't see where they freshen it up though because you're not going to change that back five, are you? I mean, if you're going to change anyone, you'd maybe change Burn, but I don't think his performance has really warranted that. But I think he's the only one really vulnerable at potentially losing a spot between now and the end of the season. You can't freshen up the midfield at the moment until Bruno's back and even when he's back you've only really got one option because I don't think Elliot Anderson is ready to start in the Premier League in central midfield um, so really that only leaves you with freshening up the attack now he's as we've just said he's got options he's got five options now to fill three spots six if you include Jacob Murphy seven if you even include Elliot Anderson out on the wing Miggy and Maxi you know really need to start performing I know obviously we've Keep praise on Miggy at the start of the season, but really, the last couple of games he's sort of reverted to type. Maxi is running out of time, you know, really rapidly to try and save his future. And then, you know, Callum Wilson looks like he's back among the goals. So, what do you do there? So, I think only the only position you can really freshen up is an attack. And I think, depending on who you ask in the fan base, there's going to be so many different opinions as to which three should start. Well, I thought he would start Jacob Murphy on. On Saturday, and he went with Maxi, which was seemed to be the general consensus on social media. I saw you tweet that, and I and I was going to ask you about that. So, do you think he should have started Murphy, or or do you just wanted him to start Murphy? I just thought he would have done because uh, he offers a bit more uh, protection for for Dan Byrne. Um, and I don't think Maxi did anything on Saturday. I think I think that I think. If I'm honest, I'd be very surprised if he starts a season, the new season at Newcastle. I'd, I wonder whether, and again, this is just my, my 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 view, whether there's been something where they've tried to coach him into more of the, the way Eddie Howard likes to play his team, so a little bit more discipline, a little more bit more defensive, and that's taken the flair slightly out of balance at Maxwell, Um, because he just looked a bit hesitant on Saturday, and I mean, the, there was some parts of the crowd as well. There was kind of an anticipation that whatever he was going to try wouldn't work, and every time he miscontrolled the ball or lost the ball, there were there were groans. Everyone's entitled to do that, but there just seems, from my point of view, the love affair with Anson Maximum has, has has disappeared. It's died off, and I know Eddie Howe, you know, rejected the thought of of getting rid of him. Anson Maximum says he's proud to be here and he wants to play at Newcastle United, but you know, neither side are going to come out and say I want I want you know yes he can go or yes I, I want to leave. I just think he's just he's just not done enough in the brief time he's had. I know people will say he's not had he's not had enough time to show what he can do, but 
the bigger picture is, does Alan St. Maxman fit into an Eddie Howe side? And from what I'm watching, I don't think he does. I agree with what you're saying in that sense that I think Howe is trying to condition him into offering more defensively, trying to be more of a team player going forward. And I do think as a knock-on effect of that, Maxi has lost a bit of his flair, as you say. I think he is more a bit more reluctant to, you know, just take four or five players on as he used to be. But you know what it is? I, I felt like the response on social media after Saturday was really overblown for Maxi because he wasn't his best, but I think that's his first start in August. You know, and I don't want to keep going back to the excuse that he's still rusty, but people have been so impressed with him in the cameos recently and they've been itching from the start. And I think, you know, one average game and they're straight back on his fans or on his back sorry he's the one there's probably only Miggy in that team that is more of a confidence player than him and when Newcastle United fans are getting on his back and saying oh well you know he's he's not the same player there's no wonder that, he, that he's struggling I think there's a long way to go between now and the, end of the season especially given you know Newcastle's injury record of recent months I wouldn't be so sure that he leaves in the summer but at the same time, I think he is running out of time to maybe save his spot in the team. But then Anthony Gordon comes on the pitch and does more in his, what was it, 20 minutes or so than, than the, Sir Max managed to do all game. We had that wonderful pass to to Wilson and and he just seemed to be driving at them a little bit more. And look, I would love Anthony Maxman to, to come good and be back at the heights uh, that he was kind of the pre-takeover. You know, after the takeover, that Man City game earlier this season, as we always mention, Kyle Walker just could not handle them. But I just don't know I just don't know if if it's made from. And it, and and, and, I can, and you know, fans I think will be some fans will be devastated to hear that because Anson Maximon is there will turn any fullback inside out. But for what Newcastle United and anyhow want to achieve, is he the right player for Newcastle United? I I just I just don't know. He's got the comes down the bottom line is he needs to take the chances is yeah. he, I think he probably will start against Bournemouth and I think he'll probably start against Liverpool as well and I think it's, it's two massive weeks for Alan St. Maxwell because then Bruno is back and then he's not in the side as he has to he has to go out and seize that opportunity yeah he does and look if he grasps this chance in the next two weeks I'm sure fan opinion will once again change in him and and he just needs a couple of good games under his belt he needs to refine that spot that he had at the start of the season. It's so, you know, it's quite worrying how it's just almost forgotten how good he was at the start of the season before he suffered those two injuries. He's done such good for the club over recent years and some really tricky times. So I personally for him hope that he can, you know, find his best form. I'm going to dive into the comments here. Uh, David says, Anzan Maxson needs a run of games. I think we both agree on that. I suppose that's where you, you kind of you pick up your form, don't you? Les here says... Win, lose, a draw. We do it as a team. I don't get why one or two players need to be vilified. And I think actually there's a few people agreeing with you there, Les. And I suppose you're coming at the at us there because we're we're, we're speaking directly about Alan St. Maxman. But he is the the man people are talking about. Whether they're supporting, whether they're they're saying his time is up. And I think you know us as, as podcasters and journalists, we you know we have to discuss that whether um, you agree with it or not. Um, we've got Trules here saying that Anson, um, Joe Willick didn't do anything, but no mention of that. I mean, again, you know, he, I think had that goal gone in, it would have been a different performance from Joe Willick. Do you, do you agree with uh, Trules here saying uh, Willick didn't do much? Was he a bit of a, 
a, a sleeping partner on on Saturday. They certainly had better games, and I think he really struggled against Declan Rice. There were so many times in that first half where Declan Rice was winning the ball ahead of him, beating him to everything. Um, so look, it wasn't a vintage performance from himself. I thought Longstaff did quite well alongside him, um, and Joel Litton, as I mentioned earlier, I thought was fantastic, but. Yeah, I think that's what you get off with. Like, I think his weeks where he can just go missing a bit. I thought that was the case on Saturday. True as ads, people love picking on Anson Maxwell. And, and I get that point, but I don't think anyone wants to make him a scapegoat. I think everyone's willing him to, to find form because, as we've said there, he's unstoppable on his day. But I do think, you know, there are plenty of questions about about his, his future. You know, A, does he want to stay here and play uh, a bit part of the role in the future of Newcastle United? Because... Like we said, when Bruno comes back, unless St. Maximum's scored a few goals and, and set set a few up, I can't see him keeping keeping Bruno out the side. What do you think about potentially? And I'm just I, I don't think you're going to be very receptive to this, given your absolute love for him. But Maxi down the left, Gordon down the right, Wilson. So you're so you're scrapping Miggy. I'm just saying, if you, if we get a couple of weeks down the line. And Miggy's still on this, you know, sort of barren run. How long has it been since he scored now? Is it Leicester? Yeah. yeah, I think. Um, I'm just saying, look, we, we all talk about Maxi and there only being one spot down the left, but I, I just don't think Armand is as safe as, as he was earlier in the season. No, I can accept that. And he does need to score goals and get back to that, that form. But I thought actually on Saturday, even though he didn't do too much, I thought he looked probably like the most threatening player until Gordon really came on the pitch. You know, he was he was trying, he was trying them little runs that he does with Bruno. He missed Yeah. We saw Willick trying to step into that role and there was a couple of passes, a couple of attempts, which didn't come off like you, you think they would do under when Bruno's playing. I thought we did see a bit of me back to yourself. He was running sideways more than, than directly into the box, but he was trying. And I, think I think he's I think when Miggy has an off day now He's still a lot better than he used to yeah. be. I think he's 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 improved massively as a player. So that even when he does have those days where he's not, you know, firing, he looks a lot better and he's bringing a lot more to this team. I think. I think we are probably going to get to the stage in the next couple of weeks because I, I don't see Newcastle. I mean, are you confident they're going to go and beat Bournemouth? I'm not too sure. I think it might be another draw. I think they're going to play out a few more draws. Actually, I think we're going to get to the stage where Eddie Howe is going to have to make a big decision whether that comes before the final or after the final, and it is likely to be on the wings where that decision needs to be made. I think Miggy's probably got enough credit in the bank because he's scored so many goals this season that he is probably safer from being dropped than Alistair Maximus. I, I mean, I think Gordon's the big problem for Bullworth, yeah. and it's not a problem for Eddie Howe because that's exactly what you want. You yeah. want someone to come in and be pushing your first choices. But then again, St. Maximus is not a first choice, but I do think yeah we're, we're gonna get to the stage in two or three weeks where you know the questions will start to be asked i think of, of mickey if he doesn't get back to that goal scoring form that we saw him in but hey you know if the replacement is anthony gordon you know you, you welcome that because he really did look sharp when he came in came in on saturday yeah he, he did he, he really did look good from the from the little that we saw he looked very much up from the first minute um look i, I think up until up until the cup final, I think the team that we've seen recently is probably the team he's going to field. But I think after that, when you've only got Premier League games to go at, I think that's when maybe the type of experiment comes, especially with those people 
Those players are white. And John says, we, we have to ask why the goals are dried up. My nephew, he says, reckons the opposition are trying to work us out. That that That's it. That That is exactly what has happened. Anyhow, alluded to it after the game um, on, on Saturday. And like we said earlier in the show, we knew this point was going to come. It's now down to how Eddie Howe and the coaching staff uh, you know, change approach and, and 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 adapt to that. But you know, we knew it was coming, so they certainly knew it was coming. And you know, you back them one hundred percent to to be able to adapt and, and and change and finally get back to winning ways, even if it does take uh, you know a, a few weeks. Absolutely, and it, look, if, once they get Bruno back and hopefully if they can keep these, you know, new attackers fit, they are going to have a little different way to play. Gordon is going to bring something different. Isaac has already shown. He can bring something different, whether he's playing alongside Wilson or instead of Wilson. Um, but I think the reason of late has probably been because we've had Jordan in one of those three spots. Callum Wilson, you know, suffered his longest goal drought um, since he's been at the club. And Miggy, you know, despite his fantastic start the season for a goal, has dried up. So I think there's I think there's reasons and excuses for it, but I think it's not a it's not a problem that's going to worry me long term. I don't think. Uh... Coyne Fraser says any side would suffer without Bruno the triangle with Miggy and Trippier was lost it was I mean that's one of the questions I've got down here is just how much Newcastle suffered without Bruno and look it was absolutely clear how much they missed him on Saturday because he is you know the best player they've got in the squad he just he's just he's just quicker on the ball you know he, he doesn't take as long to turn and pick the pass you know, it's usually one touch and then bang. You know, others need a little bit more time to think think about it. He is a massive, massive loss. But those that are in there now, they've got to take their opportunity. We said Max has got to take the opportunity. Longstaff, he's had a brilliant couple of weeks. He's got to maintain that and show that, you know, there are players who can step into that Bruno role should he get suspended, should he get injured, should Bruno have a bad run of form. Yeah, definitely. And I think Eddie Howe summed up perfectly on Saturday night by saying, he is irreplaceable, really. Certainly in this team at the moment, when you look at the squad and the lack of depth we've got in the middle, there's no one that can change the game like he can. There's no one that can drive the team forward like he can. So, yeah, it's going to be tough the next two weeks without him. David says, Miggy is quite predictable. Also, no one seems up for shooting Norst against West Ham. They were almost trying to score the perfect goal. And I 100% agree with David here. It was like they were trying to pass it in. Do you remember the Arsenal of old? I don't know how I knew, maybe six months old, with the Arsenal team I'm talking about here. But they were perfect, weren't they? The way they used to pass the ball and all but walk the ball in the back of the net. And there were a few times on Saturday where the ball was in a wide position. And instead of getting the ball in the box, it went backwards or it went sideways. And, you know, there was enough space to get the ball into, into Wilson. And whether it was a case of, they thought that you know Wilson couldn't now do the defenders in the air or or what have you. I don't know, but they seem reluctant to get the ball in the box. And again, it goes back to David's point there. They just seem to want to score that perfect goal, passing it in and around the box instead of just taking a, a pop of goal. Yeah, I thought Maxi Willock and Longstaff were the three. You know, who you can probably point the finger at was to not get as many shots away off as as fans would have liked. I think there was a couple of opportunities in the second half where. You know, it opened up perfectly, but as you say, they were trying to take one touch too too many. Um, Miggy, you know, earlier in the season when the goals were fired from everywhere, was probably more happy to take a pop. And, and Maxi, as we said, just seems a bit more reluctant to do what he you know comes naturally to him. And I think that was probably on his mind on Saturday as well. So 
very good to see Commerce and Backman goals. Otherwise, you know, you're looking at that team thinking there isn't an out and out goal scorer, you know, behind him. He needed that, and that's another one of the positives I've got written down. We'll talk about that in a moment. And he says St. Maxman looks less effective because of the system and tactics. He's no longer picking the ball up and being able to run into space. The difference with Gordon is he went looking for the ball. Um, again, I don't think you can you can argue with that, which just makes me look ahead to the summer and think, you know, for all these brilliant to watch on the ball and he's a game changer. If it doesn't suit, why hold on to a player that, you know, you know just doesn't fit into the system? Yeah, I think I think it's a big cut of muscle. I wouldn't be. I'm not so sure that he leaves in the summer. And I don't know if that's just me being optimistic because I'm expecting this fantastic final three months of the season from. Um, but on the on the flip side, he is probably one of the the most sellable assets he's got. I mean, when you look at that team as to who he could sell, to make a profit. Obviously, you've got the likes of Bruno and Botman, but Newcastle are going to be letting them go anytime soon. Whereas Max, he's probably the one where you can probably get a decent investment back on him. But for me, I hope it works out for my hope. You know, he, he finds a way to have that natural flair and also, you know, work defensively for this team because I would love to see him continue on this journey. With there was a comment um, just earlier about Eddie Howe kind of finding the remedy to, to the, the issues with Alan St. Maxman. How does he do that? And you mentioned there he's a confidence player and, and like I said, oh, the, the fans inside to James Park on Saturday, you could tell were very split, very divided. As we mentioned, some on his back nearly every touch, some backing him. You know, it, it's a mixture. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. And Eddie Howe can't control that. So, what does Eddie Howe do away from the pitch to 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 perk up some maximum? Is it an arm on the shoulder telling them, you know, you are the very best. You go out there and you uh, you know, you run rings around Bournemouth. What is the solution? Because if it is like some people think it is, where you know he's 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 the training is, is, is kind of forcing Maxi into a system which he's not comfortable with, then that's the issue. But then if that you look at the bigger picture and you support the bigger picture, don't you? Yeah, I think I think there's no doubt that Howe will have his arm around him on the training ground as as he did at the start of the season. He's as ever only spoken very, very highly of him. They did a lot of work behind the scenes in the summer, um, solely focused on Maxi and how to you know optimise him and the team. And we saw it the first two months of the season for how well he played in, in a lot of games. I agree he's still probably learning how to play in this team, but if you remember, actually, it was probably his defensive work that got him injured against Wolves in the first place, um, so whoever it was, um, when he did his hamstring initially. So I think he's putting a lot more effort in. Yes, he can still he can still have time. There was a time in the first half the other day where Willock was screaming at him because he just let the level drop. And he was starting to walk around, but I think on the whole, he's offering a lot more off the ball than he used to. Yeah, I and think, and he is grafting. I think he's trying to he's trying to fit. That's the key point there. He's he's grafting. I think again, with we talk, we don't we don't know exactly what's going on uh, in terms of is he being forced into a system. But if that is the case, I think you can see he's buying into he's it. Trying. He's buying into whatever's happening on the training pitch, um, and if that has come at a cost, i.e., his flair, then that's that's the. Uh, you know that that's the price that I suppose you have to pay for a bigger success. Um, like we said, we had a list of positives. One of those positives I have got down is Wilson scoring. He'd gone on his longest run um, without scoring. Fantastic goal, a typical Callum Wilson finish, wasn't it? You know, a brilliant pass from from Sean Longstaff for the assist, and Callum Wilson running through clinical, exactly what he needed to 
to get his confidence boosted ahead of you know the next few weeks and of course that that big final down at Wembley. Yeah, fantastic to see him back on the on the uh, score sheet. I thought he took the goal really well on his weaker foot. Um, I think you know had that been a couple of weeks ago when he was on that um, dry spell, I think you know that probably might have been you know not ended up in the back of the net. But I thought he was really good. I think there was still a little glimpse that he's probably not one hundred percent. The second half, I think Callum Wilson of all probably scores that chance. Um, despite it being a fantastic challenge by the West Ham defender. Um, and obviously that header, that was straight at Fabianski, I think, you know, on another day would have buried that, but no, crucial that he gets back on the goals. He's rewarded how for keeping him in the team because a lot of people, I know myself included, thought Isaac might be... Didn't have an option on Saturday though, did he? Yeah, but uh, but obviously, you know, he kept him in the team yeah. for the semi-final when he could have easily given Isaac a run um, in the side. So, good to see him. And, and I think, you know, he... He'll keep his spot now. I think Isaac's gonna have to wait a little bit longer. He wouldn't. wouldn't take him out now. He's scored, and that's all he had to do. And you would. You would like to think goes down to Bournemouth and and, and grabs a, a goal or two there and get Newcastle back to winning ways. Because for all it is, I think you can you can easily find the positives. Like we said, Newcastle's still unbeaten, fourth in the league. You know, they need they need a win. You know, four draws uh, out of the last five. You know isn't good enough for what we've come to expect of Newcastle this season, as you said, to be a victim of their own success, potentially. But, you know, while you can say West Ham have got some excellent players and, and their league position isn't really a, a true reflection of where they should be in terms of their squad or their manager, Bournemouth, you know, no disrespect, you know, they are relegation fodder. And Newcastle United have to go down there and, and, and beat Bournemouth. And, and not just because of the, you know because they want to keep the momentum up for top four, but because you want to go into that final winning games. Crucial two weeks coming up, they've got to go and beat Bournemouth. I'm sorry, I know that they're um, they're clearly struggling a little bit at the moment, but you've got to fancy them to go up Bournemouth and win it. And then Liverpool, I really wish to play Liverpool this weekend yeah. to capitalise on, on what is just an absolutely awful run under Klopp. Um, but two huge games. And really, I think on paper, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but Liverpool in their current form at home with the issues they've got in midfield, you've kind of fancy them to get three points against Liverpool as well. You would hope so, wouldn't you? I mean, um, especially after that away game ended and um, I mean Liverpool are in a meltdown at the moment but um, obviously the focus is all on Bournemouth and we'll have preview podcast with John Gibson later in the week um, the other positive I've got written down here is Elliot Anderson coming off the bench getting 10 minutes or so he looked lively um, he looked like he really wanted to create things he didn't look lost playing in the Premier League side at all interesting that Eddie Howe talked them up prior and I was wondering whether it was going to be another one of those moments where, where you know, he says lovely and nice things and then you, you think he says that about every everyone, you know, and the question was, what happens next? Does he follow through and give uh, Elianson a bit of a chance, a bit of a cameo? He did that. I thought Elianson did, did his chances to feature even more in the, the next coming weeks. Um, no harm at all because I thought he, he did really well. He looked, he looked really good. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think as you say, he was lively. He wanted the ball. He doesn't shy away from it, I think. I mean, we've already seen plenty of times a season he can make an impact off the bench. Um, and I think he's only going to improve with a run of games at this level. The problem is now keeping him fit. You know, he's had, you know, minor niggles throughout the season. Um, but if they can keep him, you know, keep him 
getting minutes under his belt, keeping him in the side between now and the, end of the season. I think they're going to have a real, real good prospect on their hands for the summer. 100%. And he says, if this is the blip of the season, I'll take it. We're not losing games and still looking very difficult to beat. I'm confident we'll get three points against Bournemouth. Darren says, uh, maybe Gordon Isaac and ASM pushing Julian and back in the midfield. Rest Wilson and Miggy, that'll be for, for Bournemouth. Um, David says, Wilson, he'll love to score against Bournemouth too. It's interesting there, the point that Andy made about Newcastle kind of grinding out the results. I don't think they're necessarily looking poor when they play. As Andy says, they are a difficult side to beat. It's just whether they're looking like they can win a game. Um, but I, I guess it's better to, to draw in that circumstance, say you're not looking like you're going to lose rather than you know, looking like you're going to lose and, and scraping a point. Yeah, look, I, I think Andy makes a great point. If this is a blip, then we'll take it all week, you know, all day long because we're um, they're still picking up points. As I say, I think the four draws and five, I didn't even realise it was four draws and five draws for the game because of, you know, the cup games of Master and all the jubilation around getting to the final. How, you know, was asked about it after the game. He said it wasn't too much of a of a problem. He says, as he you know, pointing out, he's taking positives the fact that they're not conceding too many goals. They never they never really look like losing games. They didn't look like they were going to lose against Leeds. I think you know West Ham had chances, but they were never really dominating. Arsenal was always a fantastic performance. But then does the question come? And uh, when you look at the teams they've drawn against, like the Arsenal point, you say a brilliant point, but. Crystal Pass, I know they're difficult at home, but you know they they've only they haven't won at home, or they had won at home uh, since October. Leeds on a dreadful run; they haven't uh, won since they beat Chelsea back in August. You know West Ham, you know uh, what a point above the relegation. So these are the clubs that you need to be beaten, and the one club they have beaten in the last five games is Fulham, who are up there in the top six, battling for the top six. So that's actually a really good win. But the other three draws, you look around and you go, okay. You draw one of them, you go fair enough. But to draw against three teams like West Ham, Leeds, and um, and Palace, do Newcastle and just need to be doing a little bit better, or do we need a dose of realism and go with there? Let's remember where we were this time last season. Let's remember just how far ahead of the schedule Newcastle United really are. I'm going to sit on the fence and say it's a bit of both. I think you know you need to remember how far they've come in a short amount of time. Um, you need to look at you know how light they are in certain areas of the pitch and these players aren't getting a rest and they weren't over the festive period because of how Zun looked at the change. But then on the flip side, if you want to be, you know, top core contenders and you want to be keeping Spurs at bay, games like Leeds, games like West Ham yesterday uh, on Saturday, or games you'd want to win, Bournemouth is, you know, I mean I don't care if it's away what form we're in, you've got to go beat Bournemouth Saturday, given their league position and then hopefully, you know, building momentum to hopefully beat Liverpool and capitalise on their poor run at the moment but I think it's a bit of both I don't I think there's you know there's excuses to be made for the for the team in their performances I think a lot of them still look very leggy I thought that was even the case towards the second half on Saturday he keeps taking Joe Willick off and Joe Willick just keeps every week looking you know very very tired Um, and I think when you go we go back to January I think they probably did need another one or two bodies I don't think anybody's denying that Um. But look, win on Saturday, get the good times going again and, and then all Yeah, David says I think it's a credit to how far we've come that teams come to St James Park and want a draw. 
Just on the midfield, obviously, we know Bruno, he kind of controls it, doesn't he? And I thought Joe Linton had another storm. He was my man of the match, actually, um, on on um, Saturday. But there was a noticeable lack of someone taking the, the game by the scruff of the neck, I thought, and uh, from a Newcastle point of view. On the other side, though, and you wrote an article on this on, on Sunday, and you've mentioned it just briefly earlier on the show, Declan Rice showed just why he's got so many big teams chasing him. And you wrote that you'd love to see Newcastle United go from in the summer. It'll be difficult, but that is the kind of ambition you expect Newcastle United to, to be showing this summer. Just like to put a little caveat in there for anyone that hasn't read the article, I did say many times it would be very, very difficult for them to get him. It would take, as David Moyes said after the game, it would take a British, British record transfer. Um, Chelsea, Arsenal, Real Madrid, Manchester City, all obviously admiring him, but Newcastle can't actually dream about these sort of signings. I don't think it's going to happen this summer, but I just think going forward in the next couple of years, we can start to think, well, how good would he look in that Newcastle team? And Declan Rice would be the absolute perfect player for that Eddie Howe team. He's just, he's like three players in one. He can play in any position, covers every single blade of grass. Um, and I just think a midfield of him and Bruno would just be unstoppable. I think there's a lot of concern from, from our listeners here about the lack of depth in that midfield. For you, regardless of what happens now to the end of the season, is a midfielder, central midfielder, defensive midfielder the priority come the summer? One hundred percent. I think they need they need a, a deep line midfielder to allow Bruno to roam forward. I think it was what they needed in the summer. Uh, sorry, in January, and I think how knew that, and I think they've probably kept the powder dry in that respect, so that they can go out and sign, you know, a really top class midfielder in the summer because I think that's the area you look at. And not only is it, you know, lacking in depth, I think it's it could really be upgraded in the summer. But for now, the two games to come, Bournemouth and Liverpool, who is the man that has to step up? Uh, is it several? I mean, we, we, we talk about how many leaders they've got, and they have got plenty. But for me, it, the the sense of the part was just, it was just lacking that kind of zip and that kind of yeah. bossing and controlling. You know, Joe Linton is a big, big unit. But has he got the voice? I mean, he should be, you know, as a long staff responsibility. You know, I just fear that they're missing that, that that voice that Bruno brings. And do you can you see someone like whether it be Willick, Longstaff, or Trelinson, uh stepping up in the next two games and 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 replacing not just the quality Bruno has on the ball, but also leadership wise? I would like to see it be Willick. I think we've seen some really good performances from him, and I know he's not the most vocal, but there was times, as I said in the show, where you saw him on Saturday really trying to. You know, get Maxi back in the position and get others. He needs to do probably more on the ball. He needs to do more going forward to you know replace Bruno in the next couple of weeks. I think what you get out of John is you just getting an enforcer who is obviously going to you know offer a lot defensively. Longstaff covers the um, the ground of two men. Fantastic assist by the way for Wilson's goal. A really really good pass. Um, fantastic vision. Willick is the one I really want to see. You know, pick his game up in the next two weeks to be like. Okay, I'm going to make sure that this midfield is is doing its job, and we're going to actually be creating, you know, good. They conceded their first goal in nine and a half hours of Premier League football. Kieran and Trippier, I think, will be very frustrated the way the goal goes, and that's the second time that's happened this season where he's tried. He's not kind of been focusing on the corner; he's been focused on the player. And the second, I think, it was against Manchester City, if I'm not mistaken, where the player got the better of him. Very similar. In fact, it would have been the same end, wouldn't it? Very similar uh, scenario. He'll be frustrated at that as well. How will Nick Pope, I mean, 
it, it's not a question Nick Pope bouncing back is it it's football the run was going to come to an end eventually um, you just kick on right yeah look at it he, he conceded a, a world against Southampton really it was a fantastic goal from Che Adams and he's only really conceded against West Ham because the defence switched off for a minute and as you say Trippier you know will be kicking himself at how he managed to lose Paquetta from that situation but I thought on the whole you know across the 90 minutes they played very well Botman handled Mikel Antonio superbly I mean there was a couple of times um, where Antonio looked like he was going to get behind Trippier as well I think um Looked like he was going to lose a foot race with Ben Rahm in the second half. Did fantastically well to catch up. So I thought the defence actually played quite well, apart from you know switching off that one. That is the issue, as we've mentioned, isn't it? They look strong defensively, but getting a winner, getting the goals, is is seemingly at the moment a, a big issue for Newcastle. Yeah, you can't have any complaints with what they've been doing at the back. I mean, you know, we would just be picking holes where he didn't need it if we did. Um, so, yeah, they just need to try and find that form in front of the goal that they had, you know, up until Christmas. Big boost to have Isaac hopefully back for that Bournemouth game. Spurs beat Manchester City last night. They're now fifth, one point behind Newcastle United. I mean, the results actually went Newcastle United's way with Arsenal losing and Manchester City losing. Unfortunately, they dropped two points in Newcastle. Um, concerned with Spurs' sudden found form? Um, a couple of weeks ago when they were really struggling to put together results I thought Newcastle were going to run away with it and it was just going to be Manchester United and Newcastle battling out for three, uh, third place but yeah the fact that they've you know started getting results it was a huge performance from them yesterday obviously without Conte on the bench um, I think it's a wake up call Newcastle that they really need to you know start finding that form again because you know I think we've underestimated Spurs a bit in recent weeks they've still got you know top class players they're still top class on that day, um, so it's going to be able to see what they can do in the next couple. But hey, forty points means a chance of relegation, right? Imagine forty point more. Um, Manchester City have been accused of breaching financial rules by the Premier League. Big, big news today. It's um, global news. What's your take on it? I mean, you've written a piece to say Newcastle could potentially um, benefit from this. Yeah, look, it's, it's early days, and I'm sure that Manchester City will fight this. Obviously, they've came up with a statement that they're. You know, shocked by it, they will have the best lawyers in the game trying to kick this can down the road. Um, I'm sure when they appeal it, but look, you know, the potential sanctions that could come Manchester City's way, you know, include anything from points deductions, transfer embargoes. You know, I mean, I've seen people say potentially being kicked out of the year, I can't see that happening. But you know, now that Newcastle are in and amongst the top six, hoping to stay there, you know, any sort of penalty like that is is gonna hopefully not just benefit Newcastle, but the other teams around. And it shows why the potential, again, this is all, you know, it's all alleged, you know, nothing's been proven yet. Um, but it shows why Newcastle's approach of being sensible when it comes to watching the pennies is actually, it's the right one, isn't it? 100%. And look, people get annoyed that Eddie Howe keeps, you know, going back to FFP every time he's asked about spending. But Newcastle are doing things in the right way. They don't want to, um, you know, have a situation like this and Chelsea further down the line. And there's going to be so many eyes on them now. There was so much... Um, you know, objection at them even having the takeover now. As soon as they step out of line in terms of finances, I think the Premier League will come down really hard on them. So they just need to keep doing what they're doing. They need to balance the books um, as often as they can. And I think we've seen so far, you know, that gradual, measured approach to transfers definitely the way to go. And it 100% will be the way to continue. I think. Mm. And it probably serves as another reminder to why 
point against West Ham isn't the worst because it keeps you cast in the top four and it goes again. It's slow and steady. It was always the message and that all rolls in to into what you know Newcastle are doing at the moment. Right, I'm going to uh, do a little bit of homework here because uh, we've got our Wembley supplement um, underway. That'll be uh, released in the next couple of weeks. I'll pop the link to where you can buy that. It's £3. It's going to have loads of uh, big interviews, loads of opinion pieces building up to that final against Manchester United. And if you're heading down to London, um, me, myself, Aaron, me, myself, that's the US, sorry, trivia, me and Aaron, alongside uh, Lee Ryder and Kieran Kelly, will be hosting a special live event. Um, it's somewhere in Covent Garden. We're just getting the, the details sorted now, so I'm not going to announce where it is, but it will hopefully be in Covent Garden on the Saturday afternoon. So that's the day before the final. So um, look out for details on that. We're very excited on. We're to be taking everything as Black White Podcast on the road down to London for a Wembley final. Yeah, I mean, a, a pub full of boozy Newcastle fans and the podcast, what more can you want? It's going to be brilliant. So those details, um, once they're all signed and dotted, um, will be released over the next couple of days and we can't wait to see you guys um, down in London for that. And then on to Trafalgar Square on that Saturday, which I'm sure would be a wonderful sight. Um, Aaron, just a final word then. How do you think the... the um, the mood in the dressing room will be, you know, like we say, four draws out of five. Uh, it did seem a little bit flat afterwards, but what will Eddie Howe's message be? You know, will it be, as we say, the list of positives here, you know, Gordon, you look like a brilliant sign. Uh, it's top four, unbeaten run continues. Don't look like you're going to concede too many goals. Yeah, look, I don't think they'll be too disappointed from um, Saturday or from recent results. They, You know, they're more than matched West Ham for a good chunk of the game. They still haven't tasted defeat in the league since Liverpool, which has got to give them a huge boost. Um, and yes, OK, it wasn't a win, but look, you can't win them all and, and they're still in a fantastic position going up in the next uh, the next couple of months. Yeah, I mean, the message. You can't win them all. And um, yeah, we just want to pass our best wishes on to, to Christian Atsu and, and his family. And uh, I'm sure you guys have already seen the news that he's reportedly have been caught up in the, in the massive earthquake over in Turkey in a search ongoing now for him. Um, and other representatives from his Turkish side. So we wish him all the best. And anyone else, of course, caught up in that horrendous tragedy. Our thoughts and prayers are with the, the people of Turkey and um, best wishes to all the, those um, rescuers and emergency staff trying to, to find people amongst the rubble. So um, yeah, we pass our best on. Um, but this has been the Everything is Black and White podcast. Do head over to chroniclelive.co.uk to keep a date with all the latest Newcastle United news. Uh, our live blog still running we'll have all the build up to the game um, against Bournemouth in the, the coming days hit subscribe on your podcast provider I hope you enjoy the rest of your week